So today's learning should be Lezecha Nishmas, Gila Bashloim Alei Basafrayim, Yitzchak Ben Chaim Alevi, Yaakov Ben Shragafai Vel Halevi, Sarlei Bashmul Tzvi, Yochan Repesach, Dvar Yecht Bas Rav Yeshua, Rav Avon Ben Rav Baruch, Mishama Shavon Aliyah, Rafu Shleima for Yehudas Bas Miriam, and Rav Gamliel Ben Michla Ita. So we're up to, I'm sorry? So uh, we're up to Daf. Uh, sorry about that. If there's any questions, you'll be know. Uh, we'll start. We're up to Daf Nun Zayin Amid Aleph. We are four lines into the wide lines. Nun Zayin Aleph, four lines into the wide lines. So we're continuing in these, uh, you know, a little bit of a heavier uh, Gemaras about the Chorban. And the Gemara had said, that's how we started this whole discussion, that due to, uh, there were three incidents that people did not have foresight. They didn't sort of, they didn't see what was headed. The first one was Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, that because of that incident uh, and the Rabbana not getting involved, that led to the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. So the Gemara says, just to end that discussion, Tanya Amravalozar, Bore Kamakadoila Kaikoshobusha. So this is Daf Nunzayan Amid Aleph. This is by the two dots. I'm sorry, uh, two, two lines into the wide lines, right before the two dots. Tanya Amravalozar, Bore Kamakadoila Kaikoshobusha. Look how the greatness of embarrassment is. Shahari Siakadish Baruch was Bar Kamsa, Vehechris Vesa Vesarfis Echali. That because Bar Kamsa was embarrassed, Akadish Baruch used that as the catalyst to lead to the destruction of the Beis Amikdash. That's the severity of embarrassing another person. Okay, so we said that there were three things that people, one is Kamsa Bar Kamsa led to the destruction of the Beis Amikdash. The second one was due to a chicken and a hen. The city of Turmalka was destroyed. So what is that referring to? So the Gemara says, As a result of a, a rooster and a hen, Turmalka was destroyed. So what is this referring to? So Dahavanahiki, the Minig was by Turmalka, the city of Turmalka, Kyavamafki, Hasanavekalasa. You have to realize a lot of these stories were leading up to the Khurban or right after the Khurban, and they had to do with the Romans. That basically what the Jews should have realized before the Khurban and after the Khurban is that the Romans let things go. Don't don't fight with the Romans because uh, they, they were very powerful and capable of destroying the Bishamidish, which they did. So um, a lot of the mistakes that the Jews made were small incidents that they should have just let roll off their back. They attacked the Romans or attacked certain Roman soldiers, and it led to uprisings, and it led to revolts, and it led to destruction. So the Minig was in Turmalka, Kevimavki, Chasana, Vekalasa, that at a Chasana, when they would bring the Chasana and Kala out, I guess to to go to go home or to go towards the chasana, the minig was when they would go towards their chasana. Mafki, the minig in Europe used to be that the chasan would be escorted from his house and the kala would be escorted from her house to the wedding hall. So in the city of Turmalco, when they were escorted, they would bring out a rooster and a hen in front of them. They would have a rooster and hen walk in front of the chasan and kala, as if to say, that it should be like a bracha, that you should be fruitful and multiply like roosters and hens. Okay, that was the minute. So one day, one day, a group of Roman soldiers or it seems like a group of Roman people were walking past the chasan, and they took the rooster and hen. They stole the rooster and the hen. 
So again, what should the Jews have done? They should have realized that the Romans uh, had uh, destroyed the Beis Hamikdash and let this go. But Nafalayu Machinu, the Jews of Turmalka attacked the Romans that took the rooster in hand, either beat them up, killed them. It's unclear, but they attacked them. Asu the word got back to Rome. The Jews are rebelling against you, and Asalayu, and the 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 head of Rome uh, attacked Turmalka because of this. Now, by the way, that's the mistake. The mistake was they should have just let it go. Now that we mentioned the story, let's finish up how this ended. Now, apparently, in Turmalka, there was one Jew who was incredibly powerful. There was a certain man from the south of the country of Turmalka. There was a guy from the south, a southerner of Turmalka a Jewish guy, he could jump a mill. It doesn't literally mean jump a mill, it's three quarters of a mile, but it means he was incredibly powerful. And he could slaughter, and he was slaughtering a lot of Roman soldiers. He was like the problem in the war. So the head of the Rome took off his crown and put it on the ground as an act of humility. And he said, Master of the entire world, if you're happy with this, I'd rather not lose to this one guy. Meaning he was davening that this guy should lose the should die in battle. So due to his tefillah, what happened was Hashem didn't just outright kill the southerner, but what happened was the southern the southerner's man who was very powerful and more made a mistake. He wasn't the most religious person. And he said the following Pasuk, It is not you, Hashem, who has forsaken us. Do not, it, meaning, is it not you forsaken us? Do not go out in war. Meaning, in other words, the Pashupshad of the Pasuk is saying, Hashem is not going out to war with us. I'm going out to war. So this southerner, the fame of being a warrior, went to his head. And coupled with the tefillah of the Roman Caesar, whatever he was, um, that caused his fate to be sealed. So the Gemara, before we address what happened to this soldier, the Gemara just asked Akasha, he said this Pasuk, is a Pasuk in Tehillim. How could you have a Taina on a Jew of saying a Pasuk in Tehillim? Yes, the Pasuk implies that Hashem is not going out to war, but David HaMelech also said this. The Gemara says, David Nami Omihachi, David also said this tefillah. So the Gemara answers, David David was saying it with a question mark, meaning, the southerner was saying Hashem's not going out to war. David was saying Hashem's not going out to war, meaning, of course Hashem's the, the, the master of legions. So it, he, he, the southerner was saying the same thing as David HaMelech, but he was saying it as a matter of fact, not as a question. He was saying Hashem's not going out to battle, I'm going out to battle. So what happened to him? All the Beisakisa, he went to the bathroom. A snake came while he was using the bathroom and uh, bit him and, and caused him to die. Amar, so the Caesar hears about this, that the great warrior who he was praying about passed away. He said, oh, a miracle happened from the God of the Jews. I'll leave Turmalka alone. I'll leave that city alone as a thank you to the, to the, to the I'll just back out. So Shavkin of Azel, he left, uh, the soldiers left. The problem was, is instead of the Jews thanking Hashem for being saved, they made a massive party. They lit so many candles as a celebration, you could see their rings from far away. Meaning, they, they mamish went uh, and had a big parade and a big party instead of thanking Hashem. 
So Amr, the Caesar hears this. He says, The Jews are making fun of me. I'm attacking them again. And that led to the destruction of Turmalka. So what happens? Amr Avasi, Alfi, Shlifa, Saifa, Ailu, Turmalka. 300,000 soldiers with swords went to Turmalka. And they massacred the town in three days and three nights. It's a very interesting thing. The Gemara describes that by Turmalka they were being massacred. But this, the towns that are near Turmalka didn't even know about it. So they were sitting and celebrating while Turmalka was being destroyed. And this is a, this is a, the Gemara describes the amount of people by Turmalka. The Gemara says, Bila Hashem as The Pasuk says, Hashem consumed without mercy all the cities of Yaakov. What does this mean? That in Haramelch, in Turmalka, King Yanai had 600,000 towns. <clears throat> now, this is, um, I, I don't think, even the Gemara, uh, listen, you can go with it, it's literal. 600,000 towns in one city is a lot. Uh, 600,000 is always a complete unit. That's the amount of Jews that left Mitzrayim. It means a, 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 a tremendous amount of people were in this uh, were in this region that were destroyed. Each city, there were 600,000 cities, and each city had 600,000 people in it. Okay? Except for three cities, which were double the amount, 1.2 million in each of these three cities. What are the three cities? Kfar Bish was one city, Kfar Shechlaim is a second city, and Kfar Dekaria was in a third city. Okay, what was, uh, why were these cities called the names that they had? Kfar Bish, Kfar Bish is a means embarrassing. The city of embarrassment, because in that city they did not give they did not give um, uh, places for people to stay when they were traveling. That is, uh, it's like Sedoim. Kvar Shechlayim, Shaisa Parnasasim is Shechlayim. Kvar Shechlayim, Shechlayim means cress. It's a type of uh, vegetation. It was called the city of cress because that's what, that's what people did for a living. And Kvar Dekaria. Um, this is also a negative trait about this town. It means the city of males, because the women would have sons first, then they would have a daughter, and then they would stop having children. They'd say, oh, I'm a kai in the mitzvah puravu, and they would stop. Although we know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, obviously, birth control is not such a poshet azach, and to stop having children is not so poshet. They stopped in this town. So that was considered also a negative trait. It's interesting that in both, all of these three cities, they had double the amount of people, even though they were not the best uh, people in the world. Okay. It's an old kasha. Amr Ula, Ula says, I saw the city of Haramelech, of Turmalka, of Yilashitin Riboy, Kanile Machzik. I don't know what you're talking about. You said there could be 600,000 towns of 600,000 people. It doesn't even hold 600,000 sticks. I, I, this is a very small town. So, Amr Lehahut Sadduk of Chanina. So, meaning, so Ula was a little shocked by this. 
he wasn't saying it as in he doesn't believe Chazal, but he was just saying I, I, it was a little shocking. But a certain Sadduki said to Rav Hanina, Shakuri Mishakrisu, you Rabbanim are liars, because you're saying that Tur Malka is so big, I'm telling you it's small. So Amar Le, he says, Be'eretz HaTzviksim, Eretz Yisrael is considered like the land of a deer. How so? Matzvi ze'ein o'erei machzik es besorei, af Eretz Yisrael bizman sheyoshin le'revocha, bizman sheyin yoshin le'gamda. Apparently when you skin a deer, the skin looks much smaller than the body. Right? The skin is like not as big as the body. Why? Because when it's on the body, it, it stretches to cover. So when it's separated, it looks much smaller. He says, so to Eretz Yisrael. When Eretz Yisrael has all the Jews living in it in the Beis Hamikdash, it's got a lot more people. When you when you take it, when you when you sort of remove the people from Eretz Yisrael, it seems very very small. Meaning, it never makes sense. It's like you never understand how many people, how how so many people could be staying in one city, and then you fill it and you're like, oh, the Baruch Hu has it. It's Machzik Merubah. It's a small amount that holds a lot of people. So it's it's so too. So the fact that right now Turmalka doesn't look like it has that amount of people is not a riot that it didn't have that amount of people. Uh, during the times of the Churban. Rav Minyumi Bar Chilkiya, Rav Chilkiya Bar Tuvia, Rav Huna Bar Chia, Haviyasi Gabi Hadadi. These three Rabbanim were sitting in the Omri. Yikadishmerli Milsa Mikfar Sakanya Shel Mitzrayim Lema. If anyone has heard about the city of Kfar Sakanya of Mitzrayim, now I, I, I'm not aware. Apparently, this was another city that was destroyed by the Romans called Kfar Sakanya of Mitzrayim. I'm not aware that they referenced this before, but he wanted to know if the people in the city, Rashi brings down, were the people of the city good people, or were they Rishoyim? Again, I'm not aware of, unless Kfar Sakanya of Mitzrayim was one of these cities in Turmalka, not aware, but I'm assuming it was, I'm assuming it was in one of these cities, Mustama. Yeah, um, yeah, okay, I guess so. Because I'm not, uh, unless I'm making a mistake, I, I don't believe I've said the word Kfar Sakanya of Mitzrayim. Kfar Sakanya in Mitzrayim. So apparently it was an Egyptian town, seemingly in Egypt, that was destroyed by the Romans. So they wanted to know, does anyone know where that, was that a, a, a like with the, I guess the Jews? Okay, so just to, I'm a little bit uh, rambling. It seems like there was a city, Kfar Sakanya in Egypt, where the Jews lived. So either it's in Egypt and it's just Stam, they were destroyed by the Romans for whatever reason, or it was called in Egypt, but it was actually in Eretz Israel, and it's one of these cities of Turmalka. Not 100% sure. If anyone can uh, research and let me know. But anyway, so they wanted to know if this city of Tarsakanya of Mitzrayim, the people that live there are holy or not holy. So Pasachad min Ayyavamer, each one had a proof that it was a holy town. One said, There was once an incident where a man and a woman who had Kedushin with each other, so they already had Kedushin, but they never had Nesuin, so they were technically husband and wife, but not, they couldn't live together because they didn't have a Chuppah yet. And they were captured. And their captors had them marry each other. They could have children. Okay, they're married anyway. The problem is they never had a chuppah. Okay, they have a chuppah. They never had a ksuba. There's a rabbinic enactment that if you don't have a ksuba, you can't live with your wife. So Amr Lai, she said to her husband, Please don't touch me. I don't have a ksuba. So think about it. They're, they're, they're going to be captors. They're captured, but they don't have a ksuba. So she said to her actual husband, because they already had Kedushin before they were captured, Please don't live with me. 
because we don't have exubus. The halacha was, so the Gemara says, they didn't touch each other until they died. They slept on the same bed because they were captured. They did not touch each other until the day they died. And when he died, she told um, whoever was around by the eulogy, you should eulogize his mansion. He was greater with his Yitzhahara more than Yosef HaTzadik. Why? Yosef HaTzadik's Nisayon with Eshes Potiphar was a time-limited problem. It wasn't forever. This man, meaning my husband's temptation to be with me, was every day. So Yosef was not on the same bed, right? It was more of a secretive potential relationship. This, we were sleeping on the same bed every night. We didn't touch each other. And even more, Yosef, they were never married. He was my wife, halachically. He was my husband, halachically. So that was the first proof that this city had very harsh of people in it. So, another person, another Rav got up and said a story of how holy the city was. The city had a general, um, their their financial situation was pretty stable. There was usually 40 mutios of grain for a dinar. Okay, that was a certain measurement. You usually can get 40 mutios of grain for a dinar. One time, a dinar purchased only 39. There was an, a, a, a little bit of inflation and it was a, a affected the marketplace, a small amount. Badku, so they searched for the cause of it, meaning they were such a holy town that they were able to see what Avera did we do that would cause this. They found out that a father and son had lived with a uh, married woman on Yom Kippur. Not at the same time, but they lived with her. They brought them to Bezd and killed them. And it went back to 40 mudiyas for a dinner. And that's how holy they were, that they were actually able to regulate to regulate uh, the city. So the Gemara continues. A third one, a third one, uh, a third Rav said the following. A third proof of how righteous that city was. There was a man who wanted to divorce his wife. It's a weird story. Not weird, isn't it? It's messed up. But basically, this woman, he wanted to divorce her, but if he divorced her, she had a very large ksuba, so he would have to give a lot of money. So what do you do? He made a party. He got everybody drunk. His wife drunk, his friends drunk. And then basically what he did was, he had his bed, he... he he, he made like a scene as if they lived together. So he laid his wife on the bed and he laid his friend next to her. They didn't touch each other, but he made it seem like because they were drunk, they passed out. He lied them on bed next to each other. And to make it seem like they lived together, instead of putting, like, to make it look like there was semen, he put an, a, an egg white on the mattress to make it look like they were living together. The Hamid led Aidim Balabazdin. So he got Aidim to see this. Goes to Bezdin and he claims that she committed adultery, so she forfeited her ksuba. But there was a Zakin from the Talmud of Shammai, Ubaba Ben His name was Baba Ben Buta. So Amrlahan, Baba Ben Buta said, I could prove to you that uh, we could test whether this is considered the egg white or this is considered Zera. How do you test? I have a tradition from Zamai. 
Apparently, if you take a match and put it near it, the egg white will constrict towards the flame, but zera will seep away. Okay, some sort of test. They tested and they found out that it was an egg white, and the husband and the wife never did anything wrong. It was all a setup. They brought the men to Bezdin who set up the husband and they gave him lashes. And they collected ksuba from him and they made him pay. So it shows you how hush of that city was. If this city was so Choshev, then what caused them? What caused them? I guess, the, by the way, the Hashibis of the last city was, I guess, that, that uh, people in the city would not live with each other's wives to the point where they would test the Zera. Okay, the point is, it says Abayat of Yosef, if the city is so Choshev, then why were they destroyed by the Romans? Amalei uh, So they attack in Mitzrayim, and it was after the Chorban, so why were they destroyed? They were destroyed because they did not have proper Avelus for Yishalayim. Anyone who is Misabel shall rejoice. Because the city of the city of Mitzrayim did not properly <coughs> mourn over the Chorban, they were destroyed themselves. So the Gemara says, that's the second one. So we had Kamsa uh, Bar Kamsa led to the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. The second one was a, a chicken and a hen led to the destruction of Turmalka. And the last one was Beitar. Beitar was a very large Jewish city that was destroyed 52 years after the Chorban. The, and, and, and we all know that due to the destruction of Beitar and the fact that a miracle happened, that they were able to bury the Jews, um, even though it had been potentially years before they were able to access and the bodies didn't decompose, that was Hatayi Vahmetiv. Okay, but Ashke Deriska Charev Beitar, because of a carriage, pieces of wood, Beitar was destroyed. What's the story? Davaniga. In the city of Beitar, they had a minig. It's a sweet minig. Kavisialad Yenuga, when a baby boy was born, Shatli Arza, they would plant a cedar tree. And Yunkasa, when a baby girl was born, Shasli Turnisa, they would plant a pine tree. So you'd have every man in the city would have a, a cedar tree planted for him when he was born, and every woman a pine tree. When the boy and girl would wed, they would cut down each one's tree, and out of the trees they would make a chuppah. Okay. And carry them to the wedding in these trees. It's cute. One day the Caesar's daughter was passing by Betar. The side of her carriage broke, so they needed some wood. So they cut down a tree not realizing that it was one of the city's men's trees, whatever, but they cut down a tree. Now, what should the Romans have, what should the Jews in Beitar have done? This is 52 years after the Chorban, they should have let it go. And not mess with the Romans, Caesar's daughter. But they beat up or attacked some of the members of her entourage. Word got back to the head of Rome. The Jews are rebelling against you. So he attacked them. So the Gemara describes the destruction of Beitar. Pasuk says, So Pasuk in Eicha. Gida Bechari Av Kolkaren Yisrael. Hashem cut down with anger all the dignity of Yisrael. Amrav Zerum Arvom Rav Yechonim. Elushmoinim Elev Karni Mulchamash and Niknusu Likrach Beitar Bashas Shul Kadua. 80,000. Leaders of Rome entered Beitar to destroy it. 
and they just killed men, women, and children. Until the blood flowed until the Mediterranean. And the Mediterranean was not near Beta. It was a mill away. Tanya, there are two rivers in the valley of Yedayim. Each one goes in a different direction. And Chazal estimated the amount of people that were killed. It was the blood was the rivers were filled with a a, cor, a third of the river was filled with blood. It's a heavy Gemara. Let's go to the next page. That the Gemara says that the Goyim of that town um, did need fertilizer for seven years because the amount of blood that was in the floor. They were able to to harvest uh, their vineyards just from that alone. There are some uh, some halachas that I'll mention on this next Amit that are interesting. Now this leads us to one of the strangest most amazing Gemaras that you'll ever see, and that is just to say it outside, and that is Nevoz Radan was the head general um, and of the Babylonians, now this is the first base HaMikdash, going back to the first base Nevoz Radan was the Rabbat HaBachim, he was the butcher and he, and, he, and he murdered millions and millions of Jews, and this Gemara tells us that he converted that he eventually converted which there are mafarshim who ask, like, how would we accept such a convert? How do you know he's a Shem Shemayim? So some say that he, he disguised himself, we didn't know what he looked like. But Pashtus, it's an amazing thing that he, he converted to Yiddishkeit. It's, it's mamish comparable to Hitler Yemar Shemay or Eichmann converting to Yiddishkeit. It's, 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 it's an astounding thing. Whatever mafarshim you say on it, it's still an astounding thing. What's the story of Vazratim? On this valley, Nuvuzradan killed 2,110,000 people. And on one stone in Yushalayim, he killed 940,000 people. Until their blood flowed and touched the blood of Zechariah. Now, what is this referring to? On one specific stone, he killed. Almost a million people. What is this referring to? It refers to as follows. On the base Hamikdash's floor, the blood of Zechariah was bubbling. What happened was Zechariah was a Navi that was talking about the impending doom of the Chorban, years before the Chorban. And the Jewish people, because they were not good people at the time, um, uh, they killed him. And his blood in the base Hamikdash would bubble, it would constantly move, it wouldn't rest. When Nevozradan entered the Beis Hamikdash, he saw the blood bubbling. So Amr Mayhai, he asked the Kehanim, "What is this blood?" Amr they said, "Dams It's a carbon, blood of a carbon, an animal." I see He brought animal blood, and he realized that it's not the same color. This is not animal blood. So he told the Kehanim, he says, "If you tell me the truth, good." I'll, I'll tear your flesh apart, meaning I'll torture you until you tell me the truth. What, what is this blood about? So Amalei, my name Allah, what can we tell you? There was once a Navi who would rebuke us. They were embarrassed by this, obviously. We rose up and we killed him. 
And it's been years now, his blood doesn't rest. said, I'll make it rest. Isis he brought the Sanhedrin Godel and Sanhedrin Katana, he brought the Sanhedrin, the Rabbonim. He killed them over Zechariah's blood. It didn't stop. He brought young young men, young women, killed them, didn't, didn't rest. He brought children, never. So Nevuzradin said to the blood, Zechariah, Zechariah, I've killed so many of them. You want me to kill all of them? When he said that, the blood stopped to save more Jews. At that moment, Nebuzaradan had a thought of tshuva. What did he say? He says, at that if for the blood of one person, Zechariah, it's so severe that killing all these people doesn't fix it. I mean, that's the severity of murder. That's the importance of one life. Then what, what's going to be with me? I've killed millions of people. He ran away. He left uh, all his a will to all the stuff to his people, meaning he 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 got rid of all his money. and he converted. It's an amazing, an amazing gemara that they actually accept this. Whatever the shikol tired is, lemaisa he converted. That's what Klal Yisrael is capable of accepting this person. So the gemara says, Tana Naman Ger Naman was a Ger Taishiv. Naaman was um, yeah, yeah, he was a Ger Toshev. Naaman is the story where he was um, he was a general, he was a not, non-Jewish general and he had Saras and Elisha cured him and that has to do with with, uh, with Elifaz, right? Elifaz took money from him. Um, so he never fully converted. He was a Ger Toshev. He accepted uh, the Shev Mitzvah Benenoyach. Nuvazradan Ger Tzedekaya. Nuvazradan was an actual Ger, a convert. Nebonah Shulhama and Lamdu Tarim the descendants of Haman eventually converted and taught Tyre in Bnei Brak. The descendants of Sisra taught Tyre in Yushalayim. And the great children of Sancherev, the descendants of Sancherev, taught Tyre publicly. And who were they? Shmai and Avtalion, who were converts. They come from um, they come from Sancherev. Hainu Dechsev. Regarding Zechariah's blood, it said, Nasati is dumb, al tzachisel, levilti aksus. Meaning that Hashem says, I'll place your blood on the floor, but it will not be absorbed. And that was the blood that didn't, it was, it was bubbling. Okay. Now, a little bit more. The Gemara continues like this. The Pasuk said, Hakol kol Yaakov, vayidayim de'esav. So the Gemara understands this to mean, Bederech Drush, that sometimes the Kol Kol Yaakov, the Klai will cry out in pain because Yedayim De'ezev, because Esav is in control. Kol Kol Yaakov, Yedayim De'ezev. Hakol, Ze'andrinus Kesar, this is referring to Hadrian. Shaharag, Melchizedek, Shal Mitzrayim, Shishim Riba, Shal Shishim Riba. That he killed in Alexandria, Mitzrayim, 600,000 people, plus another... Um, I guess 600,000 people times 600,000 people. Kaflai, uh, 600,000 people twice. 1.2 million. Kaflaim ki yoytim Mitzrayim. Kol Yaakov ze aspainus kesar. 
It's also referred a second time to Vespasian. Shara bikrach beitar arba mea riboy, that he killed in beitar alone 4 million people. Varmila arbos arba lafim riboy, and some say 40 million. And they died because of the Yedayim of Esav that caused all this destruction. Another pshat. It's interesting. Hakol kol Yaakov means that Yaakov is in charge of davening, and Yedayim de Esav means Esav is in charge of war. You know what it means? Anytime there's any tefillah that's accepted by a Jew or a non-Jew, it's because of Yaakov Avinu. Meaning, even that guy whose tefillah is accepted must have some converts before or after, some sheiches to Yidin. Hakol kol Yaakov. Ein loch tefillah shemayela shemayel mezala shel Yaakov. You're not going to have any tefillah that's accepted unless it has a sheiches to Yaakov Avinu. But Yedayim de Esav, in the hands of Esav, ein loch melchama shemayitzeches. You will not have a victorious military campaign shemayel shel Esav. Even a Jewish military campaign, someone has to be a convert, some sheikh is to Esav. Um, going back to Bar Kamsa, this is what Rav Lazar said, when, the, when your mouth is hidden, you should hide. Meaning, you should hide away from Lashon Hara, because it was Dafka, the slander of... Um, Bar Kamsa that led to the destruction of the Mesa Migdash, right? It was, it was Lashonara. He told the Romans that we're not going to accept the Karbon. Amr, Rav Yudha Marav, Rav Yudha says, what does it mean in the Pasuk? Al-Naris Bavel, Shem Yisham Lugavachin Mezuchin Rosiyoyin, Rav describes Al-Naris Bavel, that's sitting in Bavel, mourning over the loss of the Mesa Migdash. But if you ever think about it, Dovod HaMelech said this before the Mesa Migdash was even built. So what is he des- describing a Churban? So the Gemara says, Malamet Shehera Kadosh Baruch Hu LeDavid. Hashem showed David Chorban by Yisrael and Chorban by Yisheni. Hashem showed David Hamelach a prophetic vision of the destruction, and that's what he wrote it. Chorban by Yisrael and Shenemar Al Naris Bavel Shem Yisham Avachinu. That's what David Melech was was referring to when he said we sat in Bavel because he saw in the future the Babylonian destruction, and by Yisheni also saw the destruction of the second base of from Rome. Dichsev is a chara Hashem levnei Edom. That he remembered Hashem will remember Edom, which is ba, which is Rome. That's also a reference to the second base of Mikdash's destruction. Okay, let's go weiter. The Gemara says like this: Amar Rav Yehuda Mershmul. Now, th- this is an interesting. This next Gemara is one of the rare cases where you actually have a reference in in Chazal permitting suicide. Generally, know that suicide is considered a one of the worst averes a person can do. Most of the time when people are doing it, they're not mentally sound anyway. But it's very hard to get a halachic heter to commit suicide. One of the um, one of the heterim is this Gemara that is going to describe how it was seemed to be permitted to avoid them from doing terrible averes. The Gemara says the following story. It's a very famous, anyone who reads like the notes on Eicha, it's a very famous story. Amr Avidu Meshmul Vitemer Avami. There were 400, a ship with 400 boys and girls were captured and taken to Rome. The girls were taken to become prostitutes. The men were taken for homosexual acts. The They realized on the boat why they were being taken to Rome. They asked, If we drown ourselves, will we go to Olam Haba? Meaning, will Hashem take us out of the water? And the oldest one said the following Joshua. The Pasuk says in Tehillim, I'll return them from the depths of the sea. 
That means that I'll return them even if they're torn apart by a lie. Meaning, even if a Jew drowns, Hashem will find him and bring him back to Yushalayim. So, Kibin Shashama, you love this, when the girls heard this, the girls were moist in Nefesh first. There's this mysterious Nefesh by women, they were moist in Nefesh first. And they died, they killed themselves. So the boys saw this and they made the following If the girls are killing themselves to avoid living with men, which is at least a natural act, it's obviously not uh, in a way that uh, that they want and the Torah wants, but at least it's a natural act. We're being sent to homosexual, which is unnatural. They also jumped into the water. This is a reference to the Pasuk that because your sake, we, we are killed all the time in active Kiddush Hashem. So the point is, this is an example that's permitted. So Taisus talks about this. Taisus says, I, the Gemara of says that it's better for Hashem to take you than anyone else, meaning don't kill yourself. Over here, they were worried about being tortured to force them to do Averis. That's the, that's the difference. They weren't doing it out of depression. They were doing this because they knew that they'd be tortured and they'd do Averis. And it's permitted to avoid such a lot. One more Misa. Um, I'll, I'll just say this outside, then we'll see. That this is the very famous story, a uh, very sad story. Anyone who goes to Tzvat, she's buried in Tzvat. This is Chana and her seven sons. They have a kever for her. By the Arizal, by, by the bottom of the, uh, of the, of the, of the cemetery, Besachayim, there's a cave that says Chana and her seven sons. This is a reference to a woman Chana, not Chana, from the mother of Shmuel. But Chana was a woman who lived during the times of Uchanetzar. She had seven sons. And I'll read the Gemara and I'll tell you what the Arizal says about it. The Gemara says, Rav Yudah Omer, Zu Isha V'Shiva Meneha, the passage that describes Kiddush Hashem giving up your life for Hashem is a reference to the woman and her seven sons. This is Chana and her seven sons. They brought the first son. Basically, the story is that it, the, the Medrash fills in the blanks that it's Chana. She had seven sons, and they're all being killed by Nebuchadnezzar. They bring the first one to Nebuchadnezzar, and he says, He says, Worship idolatry. So the oldest one said, They took the oldest one, they killed him. I see the case, they brought the second one, Amrle, they said, Paul Khabi's Khabim to Abadizara, Amrlu. Each one just says a different Pasuk that outlaws Abadizar. He says, Kasabatari Pasuk says you can't. Afka they killed him. I see they brought the third, Amrle, Paul Khabi's Khabim to Abadizara, Amrle, Kasabatari, Zavikhla Kim Yacharam. Right? Only if you do have a desire, you shall be destroyed. After the cutlery, they killed him. Isolated the Khamerle, they brought another one. Polachov is Khavim Amrlu. Again, to have a desire, Kasa Batarle, Shachavel Acher. After Godly. Isolated the Khamerle, they brought another one. Polachov is Khavim Amrlu. Kasa Batar, Shmai Sashama, Kena Shemachad. After the cut. Isolated the Kham, another one. They said, Polachov is Khavim Amrlu. There's no other God. We swore to Hashem, we will not replace him with another God. That he won't exchange us with another nation. So, this is the seventh son. This is the youngest. So the Gemara says, Amar Luhu, so the Vachanetzar, 
Amalu Kesar. So I call him Kesar, but the Medrash is Nebuchadnezzar. The Nebuchadnezzar says, Ishti lach gushbane. He had Rachmanis. He was a little kid. He didn't want to kill his little kid. So he said, listen, I'll give you my ring. I'll drop it on the floor. Bend down and pick it up. At least it looks like you did. I doubt you, 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 you showed me respect. So Amr Lewis, the little boy said, Woe to you. You're so worried about your own COVID. I shouldn't be worried about the COVID of Hashem. Meaning, you don't want it to look bad that I'm not bowing down to you. So you're making a game. You're worried about your own COVID. And I'm not supposed to be worried about the COVID of Hashem. They took him out to be killed. His mother said, who just lost, this is about to lose his seventh son, please let me give him a hug and kiss before he dies. She said to the child, after you pass away, go up to Avram Avinu, you bound the sacrifice for one son, I did it for seven. So that's what she says. After, after the story goes, after the seventh son is killed, she goes to the roof, she falls and she passes away. Now, what happened? So according to the Medrash, it seems to indicate that she lost her mind and she committed suicide, but I'll explain in a second what might have happened. A heavenly voice came out, So it's a very sad story, and she goes and she tells the son to tell Avram Avinu, it's a very strange thing. So the Arizal was Megala, the Arizal revealed that this woman, Chana, was a reincarnation of Avram Avinu's mother, Amasla Bas Karnova. And Amasla Bas Karnova was the mother of Avram Avinu. We don't know much about her, but says the Arizal, the big taina against her, the big complaint against her is that when Avram Avinu was thrown into the furnace, she didn't care, she, it didn't bother her, she didn't have tsar because she thought Avram was crazy. She was like, oh, kill that kid, he's so nuts, he, uh, you know, I don't care anymore. So therefore, as a tikkun, she had to come back and feel the tsar of a person being Mekadashim Shemayim. So she had seven sons, and that's what she said when she told the youngest son, go to Avram and tell him. She was telling her, say to Avram Avinu, I was Matakin. Tell my son Avram, because I'm his mother. I was Matakin the Chet. According to this, when it says she went to the roof and died, it doesn't mean she killed herself. It means she fulfilled her tikkun. There was nothing else for her to do. Okay, just to finish up, when the Pazik says that we're, uh, we kill ourselves for Hashem, it doesn't necessarily mean like the boat, and it doesn't mean like the Sachan and the seven sons. It means all of us go through a small death for Hashem, and that's the Brismila. I give a little bit of our life, a little bit of our blood for Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem Shamar, another pshat. Elu Tam Lechacham Shamar and Hilchas Shchita Ba'atzman. This is a Tam Lechacham who demonstrate the laws of Shchita on themselves. Meaning, um, like if they want to show how it is, they'll do like this, which people get freaked out. Avais the Chais, Avais the Chais used to do this. Damer Rava, Rava says, Kol Mili Luchsein Esh Benashe. This is a life-threatening practice, meaning I guess you shouldn't do this. I guess, yeah, I should probably, probably just stop. I don't have a knife. The You could demonstrate anything on yourself, except for shechita and saras. So you should not take a knife and do this, even if you're trying to show where to do the shechita, because it's not a good omen. It's it's a... Yeah, it's a... I guess. So I guess that's an example of them dying on Kiddush Hashem, is because they do that, and it leads to... Danger. It means in order to acquire the Torah, they, they lose that on Gashmias. They don't eat as much. They don't sleep as much. They go through Mesir Snafesh. Torah will only be Miskayim if you kill yourself over it. If you want Torah, you have to be. 
Yomus Boyle, that's the Kiddush Hashem that you all do for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I will stop here, pick it up tomorrow, Bezashem.